0: for us and thank you for what we have and thank you for what we don't have. We just commit to you this time, mm-hmm. all the students and the other classes, in Jesus' name we pray amen. Oh, nice. Amen. Yeah. The, the class should start at 10, 810, maybe not everybody is here. 810? Yeah. yeah. Okay, because uh, that's what I see in this different one. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. It is, but there is a, a
1: women's there's an event outside. But so what? Uh, they should be in here. Should we leave earlier. <laughs> yeah, you want this you, you want this business? Yes, and Jesus, oh,
2: he is walking down. He said, "I <laughs> <laughs> said, the Lord up." You guys have the best teacher tonight. <laughs> hey, Pastor Coop, there's a couple stragglers. I'll scoop them in for you. Okay. Okay. Why
1: How you doing? Good, thank you sir. Your name is? Alu. Alu. Right. Where are you from? Nigeria. Nigeria, welcome brother. Thank you sir. My name is Pastor Kevin Cooper. In case you don't know, I am, from last. let me see, this is 2021 the last 20 years, I've been the Outreach Director here at Great Grace World Outreach. Um, So tonight's first hour is about outreach as a ministry, the Outreach Ministry, okay? The Outreach Ministry. Um, (laughs) You can come in.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is
1: Pastor Jason's class. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. I went. To, I'm Pastor Jason. I went. It's I went no. to Africa, and now. I'm. No, Pastor Jason. I went to Africa, and God changed me too. <laughs> 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 I wanted
0: to ditch for the women's seminar, but I had
1: to come. No, you'd rather I be here. Yes, Yeah, <laughs> I think I think. for the first hour. Yeah, because Pastor Jason'll be back for the second hour. <laughs> oh well, then
0: come in for the second hour. I don't know. Wow. Okay.
1: Saying. So my name is Pastor Kevin Cooper. I'm the average director here at Greater Grace. The outreach the last 20 years. I've been in this ministry for 40 years. 4-0. Mm-hmm. 4-0. Four, zero. Four, zero. Um, and I've actually been involved in outreach oh gosh <coughs> for at least 38 of those forty one years. Um, since the very beginning. Because it was outreach that got me plugged into this ministry. Okay. Now First let's define outreach. What is outreach? What, if I asked you what is outreach? What would you say?
0: Giving people the
1: gospel. Giving people the gospel.
0: Sharing Christ.
1: Sharing Christ. Go out. Evangelism. Mm-hmm. Sharing needs. Sharing needs. Just the outworking out of your life. Outworking out of your life. Okay. I'll describe outreach as this, but let me describe it practically first. This is the church, okay? In a church, you have, you have people that are in a church. You have all kinds of activity in a church. Um, you'll probably go over uh, in-reach, um, follow-up ministry, etc., different portions. But outreach, outreach, covers all evangelism or soul winning outside of the confounds of the church now I say that for a reason because when we talk about sharing your faith soul winning evangelizing it's very natural for a person to feel insecure shy embarrassed, timid and we should you know why we should? because it's not a thing about us that can save another person this is the coolest thing about outreach in Genesis 2 verse 7 the Lord God Breathe Mm -hmm. into man's nostrils and man became a living soul. Mm -hmm. His soul became alive. How? Through the breath of God. Okay? All all scripture comes from inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. It's inspired, it's profitable. Okay? Breath of God Piece of a current of air, and so let's do it like this. Let me, let me do this so I don't confuse you, because oh. this picture is important. And I'm going to give you some key verses, a few minutes, to go along with this. Okay, all scriptures inspired. So here's. Here's the Lord, <laughs> here's you and I, see the most important thing you have to learn about the purpose of outreach, and the purpose of preaching the gospel, hmm. the purpose of evangelizing, is not to communicate intelligent information. Hmm. We're supposed to communicate the breath of life. Okay? There's a difference. There is such a difference. You know, right. when I first got saved, I would think the opposite. Well, I gotta study the Bible so I can tell somebody about Jesus. Now, I can tell somebody verses, but I can tell somebody what the Bible says they should do. I can tell somebody what the Bible says in a certain circumstance, but can I give somebody life, the life of Christ? Mm. Evangelism is not about communing the book, communicating the book. Preaching is, is proclaiming good news. Evangelism means to proclaim the good news. Okay? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word is God. Mm-hmm. The word is speaking of who? Jesus Christ mm-hmm. himself. Separate. We separated. Well, if I know some scripture, I'll give you scripture. But I just gave you scripture, but I didn't give you Jesus. Mm-hmm. Evangelizing is giving Jesus. Outreach is bringing Jesus to a lost world. Now, I drew this picture because... A lot of people, uh, I'll get to that in a minute. I'll have to tell you in a minute what this is. Okay, and it's important. When we come to church, we want a church to you know, make us feel welcome, make us feel warm, comfortable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and all those are great and positive and, and are important. Discipleship is important, but you cannot separate discipleship from evangelism or outreach. Mm -hmm. See? So here's God. God wants to inspire us, so he breathes into us. Okay? Now, this is... That's a Christian with a lot of knowledge but never exhales when God breathed in. And they can't move very far. And they don't communicate anything. God wants us to breathe. This is church ministries class, right? The most important thing about any ministry is that the breath of God must flow clearly. I'm a sidebar for a minute. Watch this illustration. Okay, this is a church government. Okay, here's the pastor. He's head pastor. Here's the board of elders. Now, a lot of places make a mistake and do this. They put the pastor under the Board of Elders. That's so dangerous. Mm. A group of different opinionated men can hire and fire the pastor of the church. If God is speaking to the church, who's he, trying, who's he speaking to? Pastor. pastor. The pastor teacher. <clears throat> the pastor teacher, right? God's speaking to the pastor teacher. Now, these are the departments of the church. Okay, now he's Pastor Ramirez, He works in, in reach, right? So let's see, this is in reach And here's me, I'm an outreach, okay? We work together, but we're two separate departments. And here's finance, here's whatever else you want to call it, here's security, but different departments in the church, right? Then here's all the other helpers and lay workers in the church. And you look at this structure, that's a lot of people that hasn't even touched the congregation yet. Mm. Okay? Now here's the congregation down here. Alright? These are the people in the church. Every Sunday, Wednesday, whatever. Okay? God's flow, God's breath needs to flow through the pastor, needs to flow through the elders, through the departments, the same breath. What happens if me and Pastor Ramir over here have our own agenda. Mm. And instead of this breath, we start spewing out this breath.
0: Mm. Wow.
1: Not only does it affect the staff, but eventually he's gonna bleed out and divide and confused by the body of Christ. Mm. Mm. The flow of God, the breath of God is very important. Mm-hmm. That is so important to understand at the very beginning of communicating the gospel when we do outreach. Outreach is not ministering to people within the church. Outreach is ministering to people outside of the church. Now, there's three categories of a lost person. I'm kind of, whoops, I didn't want to do that yet. Let me not do that. Let me do this before I erase this, okay. Do you know what this is? This is a Bible study in the church. This is a group of believers in the church and they have a Bible study outside of the services in class. Is that outreach? Is that an outreach? Yes. It can,
0: it can be. be. It can be outreach. No. 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 If, the, if the if non-believers came. If what? If non-believers Aha. Uh-huh.
1: If if he brings his If he's purposing to bring his neighbor, then it does become an outreach. Outside. Ah, Outside of the building. Outside of your framework. Outside of your comfort zone. Now, that's important to understand. Know why it's important to understand? Because does Jesus, okay, if we read Matthew 28, verses 18 to 19, Jesus command us to go into all the world. Yes. And to do what? Preach. Preach. And proclaim. Preach? Right. Right. Yes. Baptize. Right. Yes. But what does it mean to baptize? It means to submerge, yes. place into. It doesn't mean that if you're not baptized, you're not saved. It doesn't yes. mean that. It's like if I said, if I said to you, all right, we're gonna have an outreach today, I want you to go and I want you to get those people dunked into the church. <laughs> Does that mean if they don't buy Dunkin' Donuts they're not going to church? <laughs> Rather they that say See? That place, in other words, he's saying submerge. Submerge. Don't mm. just surface them. You want, he wants them to be immersed in the life of the church which is mm. supposed to breathe out the life of Christ which is the breath of God flowing through the church structure doing what? Feeding the sheep with the word of
0: God,
1: now 2 Corinthians three verse six says, "The letter, without the Spirit, kills."
0: Okay.
1: Give me a verse. Now, here's here's what I always said to a young Bible college student: Like, I'm six years old. I'm married. I raised seven kids. Okay, if I'm having trouble in my marriage, what's a, what's an eighteen year old Bible college student going to tell me? about my marriage. How are they going to help me? The most they could do was, well, well, uh, Ephesians 5 says, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. But see, experiential knowledge, experiential wisdom. We we, we get to comprehend and understanding the word, the word of God by applying it to our lives in practical situations about daily life. Hmm. In Hebrews chapter 5 verses 14 it talks about milk and meat. Mm-hmm. Like you guys ought to be eating meat but you're still drinking milk. And the difference is having that just taking a quick drink of the word. Like you know quick drink or digesting and concentrating and focusing and chewing you gotta chew meat. Anybody here like steak? Mm. Yeah, yeah boy. Can mm-hmm. <laughs> steak drooling? Right? Steak. You can't chew it, man. Do you ever just grab a steak and just swallow it whole? <laughs> no, chew it. Chew it. Mm. But you can't chew milk. Mm. And it says they that chew, they they have their senses exercised through taking the word, applying it to my circumstance, focusing on the word instead of my own thinking in the midst of the circumstance, and now it makes me a discerner, it says, between good and evil. That's very important. Mm -hmm. See, that's all part of evangelizing. What good is it to know Jesus if you don't get to discern between good and evil? Mm like what's a, what, what is initiating to me from, from the world or Satan and what's being initiated to me from Christ and his spirit see to recognize do you realize that you can absolutely recognize the Holy Spirit's voice mm-hmm. the Lord's voice if you just read the book that's not going to do it but if you allow the Holy Spirit to breathe and you, and you learn that then you will discern, you will learn. Because applying the word of God is an option in your circumstances of life, isn't it? It's an option. What's the first thing, you know, when we get in trouble, what's the first thing we do? I gotta get myself out of this, natural. That's hard, you know, for for men, the hardest thing for men, the hardest thing for a man, is to be submissive. But I gotta tell you, it makes the strongest, the strongest men are submissive. The stronger, the stronger, the more vulnerable you are, the stronger you are as a man. We wanna handle things and control things. We wanna, you know, okay, man, I'm out of money. What am I gonna do? Oh, I gotta hustle, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. Okay. Or, I can say stop. God, what do you say about this? Well, he says, first of all, if you wait on me, I'll renew your strength. If you're still, you'll realize that I am God, right? He says, if you seek me first. He says, it's like Matthew 6, okay? Okay. See the birds? They don't have cardboard signs begging for food. You're that much more. How much more important are you? If you seek me, I'll take care of you. Hmm. See, sometimes we make wrong decisions because we're not hearing God's voice, and God's got the answer, but we're just not hearing it. You ever do that? You ever stumble, 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 then when you when you all flat in your face, you finally listen. Then when you finally listen. Like, the answer's right there, Boom. Even if it's getting this job, that job, or this job, you know, or well, what door is open? God already knows what door is open. If I can hear his voice, I can go right to that open door. Mm. Or, he, he must, God must have a big screen TV, or he just kinda, you know, it's like the comedy show. Let's watch the human stumble. <laughs> 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 you know? Then they finally focused on the Lord, and they could deliver. So, this, this is important. This is not evangelizing. This is great, this is edifying, this is powerful. But what good is it if I have Bible studies with believers all the time, mm-hmm. if it doesn't lead me to breathe out that life mm-hmm. to others? Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost, 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 lost. Now, if I'm occupied with the lost, I'll have even a stronger Bible study. I'll have even a stronger fellowship. If I have a Bible study and I'm encouraging my believers with me, okay, we're growing in the word. Let's go after our neighbors. Let's get our neighbors here. Like, like Miss Johnson across the street. I see her crying when she gets in the car every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She needs Jesus. Does she need me? Hey, hey, Miss Johnson. Matthew six, honey. Nah, she needs Jesus. <laughs> she needs. She needs Christ. Like sometimes. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I will tell you. I'll tell you some stories and some testimonies. Amidst this, let me not forget this this so I don't forget Last. Very important. Tools. Tools of evangelism. Last. Okay. Just do you have a note for me? I'm kidding. Uh-uh. How are you, that's, that's a that's, that's left over from high school getting in trouble all the time so <laughs> you know. Okay. So you understand the flow. The flow is very important. Yes. Okay, now the reason I, the reason that's important to understand because the first natural instinct for us when it comes to evangelism is to not be taken out of our comfort zone. Mm. So I get busy with church activity and say I'm doing spiritual things mm. and I'm okay.
0: Mm.
1: But are you going out to the lost? Are you sharing your faith? Or are you letting others inhale the breath that God breathes into you. Mm-hmm. So really, when you evangelize, you're to do nothing. Just show up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the great that's, the, that's like probably the biggest secret in outreach is the secret is you just have to show up. When you came, before you came to this class tonight, did you do you know the name of every single person in this room and did you know exactly what clothes they would be wearing tonight? Or what car they drive? But God does, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. When we go outreach, we don't know who the lost are. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we can get them and have an idea, but there's a lot of times I go on outreach and I run into a person and they're gloriously saved. And I love that, because I, I mean, now I, I'll go to a person and tell them tell, if they're saved or not. I just look at them. The countenance testifies. There's something different about a person who's saved. I live it, wait a minute. Some of you in trouble. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. kidding. Um, okay, so first, three categories of a lost person. First is they've never been reached by the gospel. never heard of the gospel. That's a very unusual category in America. Very unusual. Okay? Second, <coughs> two are to me are the most prevalent in our society today. The second one is it, people who have been lied to about God. I could be in a religious church you've got to do this you've got to repent right now you've got to give more an offering if you want to be saved right there's a lot of hocus pocus out there and there's a lot of washed down gospels out there Okay, I'm going to tell, tell you all the good cute stuff Jesus loves you so much today and it's true he does And that's an important message. But I also got to preach the full counsel of God. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But how do you preach the full counsel of God? In a condemning way or in an enlightening way? Is it seasoned with grace? You know, uh, growing up in this ministry of Pastor Stevens back in the 80s, I used to live with Pastor Stevens. So I got to know him personally um, on that level. And what I learned the hardest messages he preached was a message from the spirit but every time he preached a hard message he would always say if this is you do not be condemned don't be condemned that's not who you are now grace etc 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 but he explains sin so that we will understand why we make the decisions that we make and gave us the tools to be able to think correctly about our circumstance, understanding what God says about it, but at the end of the day, it's still up to us Mm. about to make that move. He could preach a hard message on, let's say, alcoholism or whatever. Hard message on that. And you could be a straight up drunk alcoholic, (laughs) red eyes, bright red nose, you know, (laughs) reeking. You know, everybody moves three rows over. And after that message, he will come to you, give you a hug, and he wouldn't be like, okay, we gotta get you to rehab, we gotta do this do this. Like, hey, you know, how's, how's Margie doing, how are the kids? Hey, I love you, anything you need, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. God does the work. A lot of times, evangelism and outreach is, is not us fixing people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's very important. It's not our job to fix anybody. So I've seen people beat people up. Oh, you gotta, you gotta do this. You gotta, you gotta do this. So i like, bam, bam, bam. Okay, which which comes to the third category, which is probably the hardest to win, is people who have been hurt by the church. How many people do you run into that don't go to church anymore because they've been disappointed or they've been hurt? Or, I tried that, but it just didn't do anything for me. Why? Because, well, I couldn't remember enough scriptures, and they said I have this problem because I don't know these particular verses. It's like, no, maybe that problem, you have a problem because you didn't Helping you to get to know who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a quote from a um, great lady who's who does um, interviews on Focus on the Family, uh, and she's a she's a, a born again Christian who was a lesbian and who is now straight, married with kids. And she said that a lot of people in church, I wish they would, you know, they said they were giving me the gospel. You know, they told me about hell, they told me how to repent, they told me about you know, God is good and holy and all those things are true but nobody told me about Jesus. Once somebody did, I was able to find, understand myself and find release and victory. See, see, now here's another thing. Um, I'm giving you a lot you know, man, and because I only have an hour. I'm giving you a whole semester. Because and- and- <laughs> <laughs> I would spend, I would spend a whole, I could spend a whole class on that. That's like the God's pyramid. You know, you know those fake pyramids they try to sell you something. Mm-hmm. That's the Godly pyramid. Because I tell you something else. Watch how this works. Let's say, if I'm a, hey, speaking of ushers, right? If I'm an usher in church, and you first time coming to church, and I say, excuse me, do you mind? can I just move you over here? You say, ah, sure, okay. Then what if I came to you again and said, ah, excuse me, come and move you now? Ah, okay. But third time, i like, wait a minute, <laughs> right? But why did you move the first two times? because you came and you saw somebody who you thought was more spiritual than you, they're here, they work here, and you automatically submitted to that, see? There's an automatic trust factor that happens when a person comes.
0: If there wasn't trust, they wouldn't
1: show up in the first place. That's an influence of trust that's very important because real evangelism, real outreach produces trust, okay? To remember this... It produces trust. So, that usher has to be in the same flow with the vision of the church. Now, sidebar, I'll come back to here before I erase it, is... Okay, we talked about how somebody can disrupt the flow and confuse the church confuse the con- congregation okay um, so this part this is, this is real important that um, now there's all these offices right all these offices have to perform the function of the church Okay. now do you believe and the power of the Holy Spirit. Is it hocus-pocus to you? No. What does the Bible say? What did Jesus, what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit in John 16? He will... The Spirit of what? Spirit of truth. The yes. Spirit of truth has come to lead you into all truth. Mm-hmm. In John chapter 14, he says the Spirit, I will leave with you a comforter. The comforter will teach you all things mm-hmm. Whatsoever I've told you. Mm-hmm. So whose job is it to teach us? What, is what does that mean? We gotta catch the breath. Mm-hmm. Don't just hear the words, we gotta catch the breath. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the second part of that teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you've ever been down, okay, because some churches can make you feel like I'm down the dumps, I don't have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Hobby cop. Have okay? you ever been down, ever been depressed, ever been upset about something and all of a sudden you remember something you heard or somebody said that came from God and it, even if it didn't emotionally deliver you, it gave you that speck of hope, that's the Holy Spirit bringing something into remembrance. That is the greatest evidence that you are filled with the Spirit. That is the greatest evidence that he will never leave or forsake you. Mm -hmm. But wait a minute. That's something that Jesus Christ said the Holy Spirit will do, and that he is. And if he leads you into truth, the truth sets you free. That's what that means. It means that when you are established in truth, then you can understand the circumstance you're in. You can, because you're in the truth that Christ paid for our sin, he died for our sin. Uh, that he doesn't condemn us, what does John 3.17 say? John 3.16 says, For God so love the world, right? Mm-hmm. John 3.17 says, For he did not come into the world mm-hmm. to condemn it. Mm-hmm. Romans 8.1, we love that verse. There is therefore now no
0: condemnation.
1: condemnation. Right. So we we start resting in that truth, then wait a minute, even though I blew it, and I'm in the circumstances because I made a wrong decision, even if I did it on purpose, I'm not being condemned. Okay? I can look at the Lord yeah. and I say, Help.
0: Yeah.
1: You know I'm stuck. Help. He teaches that. In James 1, verse 14. God doesn't tempt man. Man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. Yeah. And enticed. He's drawn away by his lust. But enticed. starting to engage. Right? But, what does it say next? It says, but lust conceived is sin. What does that mean? That means that the believer, even if they're thinking evil, has a moment where they cannot they can choose not to enter into the fullness of that thought,
0: and
1: aha, mm. mm. uh-huh. Lord, I must still have a problem with women. I must still have a problem with alcohol or whatever, whatever it is. I must still have a problem with pride. I must still have a problem because here I am being drawn away again, right? You know, as I tell young people, we talk to young people about relationships and stuff. Um, question. To the men. When you get saved, do all women become ugly? <laughs> Are you supposed to think all women ugly? All well, women can be beautiful. But you don't have to lust after them. How did Jesus treat women? The woman caught in adultery, he, he gave her her dignity back. Right? See, as a pastor, like... You wanna be a person that women can trust. Especially if you get into, you know, you're in reach or whatever, you're dealing you have to counsel women that are in a bad marriage, the whole nine yards, they need to be able to trust you. They're being vulnerable and opening up their souls. It's like if you're not a trust if we're not trustworthy for them to come to, how are we like Jesus? The woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I love that. I must need to go see that woman. Why? Because she has been taught that hooking up with these certain kind of men that are going to give her the comfort that she's looking for. The whole thing about the well is like her, her soul is thirsty. And that's what lost people have, a thirsty soul. Jesus is like, the truth is going to set you free. says, you know, and that's why you think about it. How, how have some of us Christians... Evangelized approach her. Oh, girl, you got to get your act together. Man, you living with this guy and you had six husbands
0: before?
1: You know, let me give you this verse bang, 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 bang. Right? Jesus didn't do that. He said, Give me something to drink. He said, If you knew who I was, you'd be asking me to get you. Right? He was saying to right. her, That's why he said, hey, By the way, go get your husband. I don't have any. Yeah, I know you don't. Yes, you have five. And the dude you're with now is not your husband. Right? He's saying, honey, you're dipping in the wrong well. You're not, you're not you're thirsty. But what you're reaching for is not quenching your thirst. He says, I'm what you're looking for. Truth. Because this is why evangelism is so important. Because if we have the truth and we're not communicating Christ in truth. What are people stuck to know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Only thing they're stuck to know is everything that the world's already taught them. Bad place to be. Okay, I don't know why I wrote tool. I'll figure it
0: out. Right?
1: Hopefully, that breath will come. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I get you. Skitchboarding. Huh? Skitch <laughs> yeah, no, right? Uh, <laughs> some better come. Okay, so, remember this. This is why I was like a tricky question, huh? You know, you have Bible studies that like like, uh, People. A lot of people get involved in church activity because they're afraid outreach, not just outside the building, outside of yourself. Do you do it because God says to him?
0: What do you believe? It.
1: Yeah. But we, we miscon- see, we screwed up. We say this is what it means to do outreach. You have to show up at a meeting and you have to go and you have to quote 30 scriptures of somebody. Now, Is evangelism about getting people to heaven? Hmm. I've I've caught up in this for years. I gotta get somebody to say a prayer.
0: No, it's
1: not. One of my main lines is gonna be, do you know if you're going to heaven if you die? Do you want to go? One of the things that really changed my mind, or really woke me up, was when we had, years ago, we hired a group That did the play, Easter play, Heaven and Hell. And the emphasis of the play was as your name in the book. Were you in that play? I remember. Every scene was about somebody accepting Christ or not accepting Christ in a normal circumstance. And at the end of the play, big guy sitting on on a, you know, is his name in the book? No lord his name is not in the book. Depart from me.
0: Ah! And they
1: let you jumped off the stage into like a mattress like a middle. Oh Right? And so here's the message afterwards. Do you want your name in the book? Yeah. Do you want to go to heaven? Yeah. Say this prayer. Repeat it slow, please. Amen, Cool beans. Get them outside. Hey, you know who Jesus Christ is? Not a clue.
0: Not
1: a clue. Not a clue. You can tell people about heaven all day long. And they can know about heaven but not know Jesus. You can tell about people Jesus all day long. And not a word about heaven. They're going to be all set even if they don't know where they're going. Well, they're not surprised, right? But they'll know. Let me ask you this question. Stranger, knocks on your door. Do you just open the door and let them in? Have some food, use the bathroom? (laughs) Not in Baltimore, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? No. What do you tell your kids? Don't open the door to a stranger. Why would God wow. allow a stranger in his house?
0: Mm. Wow.
1: Depart from me. I never knew you. To people who did God's work. He called them workers of iniquity. Mm. The biggest problem God had, Jesus. Who did Jesus do? Jesus didn't even argue with the demons. Mm. But who he got angry at mm. were people that were deceiving people about who he was and who his father was the Pharisees Nicodemus coming to Jesus one of the top top Pharisees one of the top guys in the church top guys new to scriptures John chapter 3 you must be born again well, what are you talking about <laughs> can you imagine talking to Jesus personally and not having a clue what he's saying that's scary and you got the rub, you got the. Jesus, I can quote the scripture. What are you talking about? I can. I am the scripture. Whoa, hello, hello. Right? Okay. So, let God take you out of your comfort zone. But the key is, all you got to do is show up. Look at Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, and Luke chapter 10. We're gonna read these. This. Um, Luke chapter nine,
0: yes, sir. For showing up, uh, like I think, yeah, it's it shouldn't be also like program, right? I mean, exactly. Because yeah, like if we we say like showing showing up, people say, oh, I
2: need to go something like that.
1: Yes, well, yes, like, for example. What I'm doing, like,
0: I'm just personally, I can share my uh, uh, my thought, then I'm praying for it, for, I'm praying, like, I'm going to outreach, I'm saying, Lord, uh, to be honest, everybody, every day is not re- ready sometimes to go outreach, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. But we are praying that, Lord, you, you will uh, somehow lead us and uh, bring the divine appointments to us. Yes. Because otherwise we we don't want to just do something, uh, just programs. Yes.
1: Very good. Okay. Luke 9 is when he first sends the disciples out. So let's read. When he first sends the disciples out, he says, He called the twelve disciples together. He gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them in to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Can a human being heal another human being? No. But the spirit flowing through a person can heal somebody. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Okay. And he said, what? Take nothing for your journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Neither staff nor script, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. Mm-hmm. And whatsoever house you enter... They abide. I love this. Huh? Ah, this turns into inreach. Okay, they abide and then depart. Why does he say abide? He's saying, don't just tell people about God and walk away. Abide with them. Stick with them. Because what does it say in Matthew? 28, baptizing, teaching them, baptize, teach, key
0: words, baptize, submerge them in, teach them, teach them,
1: what, everything I've commanded to you, teach them to understand everything that I'm saying, everything that I'm speaking, teach them to understand, to recognize my words versus everything they've heard all of life. Teach them, okay? And whoever will not receive you, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. Don't be sentimental with people who reject the gospel. Like, shake the dust off. Like, you can get caught up. Some, like, this is trying to convince somebody, like, you know, you share your, some people like you share your faith, that people don't respond. They feel like they didn't do anything. They did. You're going to be in a movie one day. If they, don't, if they don't show, if they don't get saved, you're going to be in a movie. That movie's going to be like when they're at the white throne judgment. Oh, Lord, but, uh, uh He's going to say, wait a minute. I, I sent my man over there. Look, look, remember that thing? <laughs> <laughs> He's telling you you're like, get out of my face. Remember that? Wow. I tried Okay. Don't get stuck, and you can take that in a lot. A lot of don't get caught up in 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 doctrinal arguments when you're evangelizing. Don't get caught up in like don't try to rescue all the Jehovah Witnesses. I avoid Jehovah Witnesses when I'm soul winning. Yeah. They're trained to argue with you. Mm -hmm. If I catch one by themselves and they want to talk, if they want to talk, I will talk with them. But, if they want to argue, it's like, you can discern that right away. Because their spirit is not the same. Their spirit is not the same. Because here's what happens, like I'm walking down the street, there's five people right here. God has a divine appointment with two of them. I get caught up arguing with this guy, and I miss two of them. You know what happened to me once? I went and sold one with, with a guy, he was a pastor. And I get out the car. We get out the car. It's like four people walking down the sidewalk, a little bit spread out. He's, you know, He wants to be, I'm Mr. Mr. Evangelism. <laughs> hey, buddy, do you know Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior? Guys says, I'm all set, thank you. Sorry, you don't want me to tell you about Jesus Christ? You, want, you don't want to hear about Jesus? Hey, buddy, I said, I'm all set. You know, he's like, ah, what happened to the other four? You think they're going to talk to us?
0: No.
1: I was hiding my face. But he was like, they're going to hell. You know, it's like, no, I think it might be opposite, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Luke 10. We'll just read this. And I'll be wrapping this up in five minutes. Then you have a break. Um, He sent the 70, after these things the Lord appointed, other 70 also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place where he himself will come. Therefore he said, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. But here he is again, neither carry, neither purse, nor script, nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. Don't be distracted. But here's the part I love the most. And whatsoever house you enter, first say, peace be this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking, Whatsoever they give you. Mm. Abide with people. Make disciples. We're not just to tell people about Jesus. We're we're here to impart Christ's life to people. That's personal. That's personal. Like, who would be here today if there wasn't a personal touch from Christ? Somebody made it personal. Somebody just said, Hey, do you know the gospel? Blah blah blah. Oh, okay, yeah, I agree with that. Now I'm here and the Bibles go out forever. For the rest of my life. Yeah, right. Something personal that happens. Something personal that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Glass and PT. I want to tell you two stories. Two stories. One. Here's, here's the only. Here's a good example. Well, uh, tools. Let me tell you the tools first. What's the most important thing? What's the most important tool that you have in evangelism? Trunks? Oh, huh? The trucks.
0: The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit.
1: I want to say, good answer. Love you. Prayer.
0: Prayer, Prayer Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit. <laughs> Spirit. We are. <laughs> the <laughs> <Shoes>. <laughs> yes, need shoes. just show up. Uh, oh, just show,
1: show up. Just show up. Man. Man. Whose breath is it? Yours or God's?
0: Yeah, God. God. Amen. Aha, uh-huh. think
1: about that. Whose breath, who's trying to breathe here? God. 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 Nah, yeah, yeah. Is it like this? Ah, okay. The Lord knows who we are, where we are. He knows every person. He knows who's been praying to him out in that street. So this guy that jumps out the car like got used by Satan because God probably wanted to speak to that third guy walking down, right? Okay? Look, Lord knows. He's like, don't be distracted. Take nothing. Don't even take a track. Right? Take nothing. Right? You got my breath. Just walk. Just go. And boom, he does it. He does it. He leads you to somebody. Or somebody comes up to you. Excuse me. You know, or you look in somebody's eye and you can, you, you discern because you're sensitive to spirit, that person's hurt. Mm. Hey, brother, you alright? You know, that person's hurt. Okay? So just go. The second, I'm giving you three tools. Yours may be a little bit prettier than that. You know what
0: that is? You. Listen. How do you know what to say to a person if you don't listen?
1: How do you know what to speak to a person if you don't hear? See, God knows what to say to them because they've been praying. Well, they've been crying out. When God spoke to Moses, he said, I've heard the cries of my people. Now I'm going. He says, I'm going. I'm sending you. But he says say what i say to say right breathe my breath let me breathe let me breathe through you go let me breathe through you that's evangelism just show up let me breathe through you go don't try to say anything watch what happens
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. have your ears open okay and of course <clears throat>
0: No. That's the Skin. last one. Smile. See? Haha. It,
1: it came back.
2: huh
1: Came I threw the to the Huh? Oh, there
0: you go. Your mouth. What do you want the lips too? Come on. Mustache.
1: Alright. Mouth. Okay. Now. Right. Okay. Um, early 2000s, when we started Big outreach push here. Um, Patterson Park was full with a lot of drug addicts, prostitutes. Pa- I mean, Baltimore, number one, number two. So you go between number one and number four. Worst city, highest drugs. Anyway, we put over 200 folks into recovery, rehab. Um, next month, I go see one of the first girls we rescued off the street. Um, her children were being raised by her mother. Now she has all her kids back. She's married. She has a beautiful house in Florida with a pool. Wow. Manages a store. Thank you Jesus. know, God gave her a life back. She was a prostitute. she was living in abandoned houses, prostituting herself,
0: yeah.
1: nickel and dime prostitution, making $150, hundred fifteen, two hundred dollars a day on nickel and dime prostitution. Horrible, 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 horrible. Okay, now walk up to her. Hey, Jesus loves you. You think that's gonna work?
0: Yeah.
1: You know what she'll say? Well, she, you know, a lot of times girls are out there because they've been abused. Great, that's what Uncle Jimmy used to say to me every day. I don't need nobody to love me. Okay? Second, that's um, what all John say. They love me. I don't need Jesus to love me. So you know what he had to do? That third thing, glass. That's my I wrote glass. He just loved her like Jesus loved her hey, it's okay honey, I'm not gonna come out here and call you a hoochie mama, okay? Are you thirsty? I got a program, when you're ready, we're here. I'll be around, you know, you'll see me consistently, okay? You need something to eat, I'll get you something to eat. I'll never give you a dollar, but I'll give you something to eat, I'll get you a coat. I'll even buy you a cigarette, okay? And eventually, three, six months later, built a little bit of trust. Not because she heard 20 scriptures, but because she saw Jesus. Because a glass of cold water was given in his name. And that gave her a capacity, not only to respond, because the book by itself is not going to convince you you've been set free from your sin. But Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working in your heart will convince you every day. And she can, you know, I don't even want to think about her memories. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think, that's one of the reasons people struggle with drugs a lot of times, especially girls that go into prostitution, because once they come off the high, and they start realizing what they did to get high, who can live with that? It's like, you might as well spontaneously combust. And I don't remember what PT
0: Yes. Great <laughs> for time, <laughs> Um
1: Okay, so I gave you like I gave you a whole semester in uh, 50 minutes. Okay, You get that? You follow? Were you able to follow me?
0: Yes. Okay. okay.
1: Remember, outside of the church, outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, But all you have to do is show up. You get it? It's like, I don't want to do that because I'm uncomfortable. Just show up. Let God's breath breathe freely. Mm -hmm. You don't want to stagnate the breath of God. And you know what? The greatest thing about soul winning? God uses it to build you up. Because you go, and all of a sudden God uses you. You know. And guess what? Now you're convinced of his grace and mercy in your life because you know you didn't deserve it. Okay? You said something to that person that you weren't even thinking about in the scripture, but you knew it. Where did that come from? Oh, the Holy Spirit brought it to your remembrance. Oh, man, you know what? That's how I want to know I got the Holy Spirit. Not because I do something supernatural. But because God is actively alive in me. And it's like, oh my gosh. For real? Yeah. Enjoy it. In evangelism, outreach, outreach, true outreach, outside of the church becomes exciting, fun, stimulating. And it saves you. You know, I could be in the worst trouble of my life, all I gotta do is think about that girl. And I can't deny, I can't deny God's a redemptive. I can't deny God. She, she got healed of memories that I could never even walk through, okay? So, Lord, thank you for this time with these lovely students, and I pray that you'll bless their lives and use them, use them, let breathe through them, in Jesus'
0: name, amen. Amen.
2: Okay, so that class was on outreach, and tonight I want to talk a little bit about in-reach, and... Uh, that's something that we do here, Pastor Amir and I, and we have a small army of um, of beautiful volunteers to, uh, to reach into the church, to edify the church, to really uh, serve the church. Um, so we're going to talk about that tonight a little bit, okay? So let's just open in prayer. And thank you for being here tonight. You doing all right? Yes. All right, Lord, quicken us, fill us, bless these words, and may they be your words, in Christ's name, amen. amen. So really, within reach, um, we had said that there were five tiers, or five levels of a church, or five people groups in a church. Can you tell me what those five groups are?
0: Seniors,
2: seniors, Okay. Youth. Yeah. Okay married yeah married with children yeah and college. college college students good okay so youth college married married with children and seniors okay it's good to know who's in your church so you know who to serve in your church cuz the natural propensity is to gravitate to people you like okay So that's really easy. That's really easy. And and unintentionally we'll ignore those other groups of people. Okay. So uh, I'd like us to turn to 1 Corinthians for a minute, chapter 3, 6 through 8. And I'd like to review something uh, in regards to those five groups of people. And it's really, really very important that We have a ministry to the teens in the college because they are the future of the church. And that doesn't mean they run your church, but you may uh, give latitude to them to make it interesting for them, okay? A church with no young people uh, will eventually die, just like a church that doesn't evangelize will die unless it changes their way a praying church, uh, a church is is the survival of a church. Um, So when you think about your Bible study, your church, your your group that you're ministering to, really identify, um, not necessarily in an administrative way, but just ask yourself, am I reaching everyone in my church? And that's what inReach is all about. It's reaching in and discipling. Because why would God give you new people if we cannot take care of the present people? And that is a real deal right there. One of the greatest um, dangers of a church is that we become so inward that we don't look outward. And I think Pastor Cooper did a good job that outreach is critical the critical to the growth of the church. Because without a good outreach, there's not a good inreach. And without a good inreach, there's not a good outreach, right? because we're all mobilizing each other to reach out, to reach up. So um, that's something I'd like you to consider as we think about this. Now, in our first class, we talked about thinking like a church planter. Remember that? Mm -hmm. What did we say a church planter was? Someone who reaches people, someone who initiates people, connecting with people, meet the spiritual needs of the people. Okay. Preparing a place for fellowship. Preparing a place for fellowship. Good. Team building and building people. Okay. Excellent. Good. Good. Uh, Kia, did you have something? For some reason, I wrote strength Okay. All right. Well, let's think about this. A church planter, and we want to think like a church planter, right? So all, everything that you'd mentioned, there They're looking to reach people, minister to people, that we're looking to, again, listen to their story, learn their story, love them with God's story. So a church planter is a visionary, visionary or a forecaster, just like a meteorologist. They're reading the, the, the weather and they're... Uh, based on educated guesses, <laughs> and they do a good job of guessing, but they we're forecasting the potential climate or the potential harvest. So a visionary oftentimes talks about the vision, okay? Habakkuk 2, 4, right? So they're talking about what God will do, what God can do, what we're believing God Should do okay. A church planter is really someone that is seeing the invisible. Okay, a church builder, which is another skill set, okay, they're working with systems, they're working with the how to do it plan. Okay. So the pastor says I'd love to have a hundred young people in my church the church builder is thinking okay we're going to pray we're going to reach out we're going to uh, invest in the teens we have and, and encourage them and set up a way for them to reach out the, the church builder is thinking systems so they're, so they're able to uh, make the vision happen by the grace of God um Two different types of uh, skill sets here. The third part of the church planter is the reproducer. And they're building more or multiplying churches. Okay, Not every pastor is a church planter, just like not every pastor is a preacher, a uh, teacher. Rarely is it a pastor teacher, but a reproducer is one that is doing what Pastor uh, Cooper talked about. They're blessed are the feet of them that bring the good news. They're going and they're reproducing what they have learned. Philippians chapter four, verse nine, what they see, heard, they will do. Okay. Very important. This is what we need right now. Reproducers. We don't need people uh, muscle-bound, um, technique-bound, method-bound. No, we need implementation, 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 implementation. This is the reproducer. Implementation. And that's what I love what he just said. 99% of it is showing up. So thinking like a church planter, key, key person in your church. Okay, you need someone that speaks the impossible. The builder, you need the team, and we're going to talk about this tonight, in reach. The infrastructure, working with the pastor, working with the team, building the team, building, making sure that the, the vision is clear. Remember we said those five things, anybody remember them? What are the five things? Urgency of evangelism. Urgency of evangelism, acute sense of evangelism. Good. What was the second one? Uh, understanding, understanding culture. Understanding culture. Can't reach a culture that we don't understand. Good. Location. What's that? Location. Okay. Good. Surveying and identifying a hungry location. Yeah. Uh, hungry, hungry location. strategically
0: to Say again? Thinking strategically.
2: Yes. Thinking st- strategically. Good. What's the last one? Clear mission. Clear mission. People, most people fail because they don't know what is going on. Okay? And and the leader can get impatient with people, put pressure on people, but it's his fault because a clear mission will mobilize people. Okay? So, planter, builder, reproducer. Okay? And uh, that's simply going out in faith and saying... Hey, you know what, we're looking at an area and asking ourselves, Lord, would you want us to work the fields in this area, right, and uh, we see this uh, beautifully that uh, Matthew chapter 9 verse 37, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few, few, it's amazing, Okay, Yvonne, do you have your hand? Yeah, uh, I don't get really the differences between a
0: reproducer and the two above. Because if he's reproducing what he's learned from a planter, how come he's not becoming another planter?
2: Exactly. Okay, great question. Okay, great question. So the, that is very exact because a reproducer could be a split of these two. So a planter typically has the gift of faith. We will go through the gifts the the uh, 14 different the communicative gifts, the tactile gifts and the sign gifts. So the planter typically is a visionary, where a builder typically is one that is operating in the gift of helps and um the gift of faith and not only the gift of faith but the gift of gift of giving, gift of administration and so on and so forth, okay? So a planter, okay, will work side by side with the builder and hopefully will produce a reproducer, okay? Yeah. So that's good, isn't it? Yeah. So that's good. All right. All right, let's 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 consider this together. Okay, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. By the way, typically how you respond to something is a good indicator of where your skill set is, okay? How you respond, okay? If I was to ask you, Let's say you're at a restaurant and the waitress spills coffee everywhere. How you respond will typically show, um, you know, your skill set. Will you console her and help her clean up the mess? Okay, gift of mercy, gift of help typically. Uh, Will you rebuke her and try to teach her how not to do that again? The gift of um, uh, administration and or... Uh, teaching gifts, right? Will you, um, I don't know, buy her lunch and sit her down and and just hear her story? Maybe that's the gift of giving. I mean, it's it, it's a very interesting. Uh, maybe you'll stand up and instruct the uh, the whole restaurant on how to be careful with this waitress. You know, you know, it, it's uh, it's really incredible how you typically respond. What is your passion? What makes you come alive? Uh, be attentive to it. I've been in classes where I've had many students, and, and I've asked them that question, "Do you know your gifts?" And um, you know very few know more than one or two. And I would say this to you as team builders, you cannot lead your team or a team unless you study them and lead them by their gifts. One of the major mistakes, one of the major mistakes, Major, major, major is we just throw people at needs. Don't do that. It's easy to do. I've done it. I've made many mistakes this way. I'm careful. I'd rather have a few people and train them and know where their strengths and weaknesses are than use them. And then eventually, in in a short period of time, they just get burned out. Okay. I would rather do less with anointed, trained people because God will build them and they will build churches. Because we're not not—we're not building churches. We're building people that will build churches, right? Okay, huge point there. I hope by the end of that semester, this is gonna be crystal clear. All right, so I wanna show you the five aspects of inReach, okay? The five aspects of inReach. And by the way, don't forget the website. I just erased it, mbcschm2021.blogspot.com. That has everything uh, of what we're talking about tonight, okay? All right. So who wants to read 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 8? Shout it out to me here. Yes, Andrew, go ahead. 3, 6. 3, 8, yep. Yep, that's good right there. Okay, sometimes we can get uh, overoccupied with people's roles. Um, we can get overoccupied by people's talents. Uh, maybe we can look at somebody and say, I wish I was as amazing as them. Uh, guess what? You are unique, hand-picked by God, Acts 9.15. And your gifts and your um, portion... Is critical to the growth of the church and/or cannot be replaced. So, don't get whacked, don't get wound up with this whole thing about who's watering, who's reaping, because we're all learning. Amen. We're learning Christ, and by the end of this, Christ is formed in us. Big verse here, Galatians 4.9, Okay, that's the ultimate mission. Four nineteen, <clears throat> Galatians four nineteen. The ultimate mission. Christ is being formed in us, and, uh, and guess what? We're being conformed to his image, and people that you are discipling and investing in, they will not be like you, hopefully, but they'll be like Christ. John 15, 16. I don't want people in the church like me. Okay, I want people in the church like Christ. So John 15, 16, how does fruit remain? We teach them how to have a relationship with God and we teach them how to know their Bible, of course, and to uh, follow in the footsteps of Christ, okay? okay? Otherwise, if you or I uh, go off the wall, guess what? So will your disciples, okay? Uh, and we don't want that to happen. We don't want people following people. We certainly learn from people. But we ultimately want them to be disciples unto Jesus Christ. Okay? Matthew 18, 12, if you can turn there with me for a minute. So, <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> I want to give you five things that will help us understand um, in reach. And again, I've been working with the pastoral care in reach here for about 16 years, and it has been a, a, an amazing blessing, and it's the toughest job you'll ever love (laughs) because people are people and uh, you want to love them and love produces the change. So we're constantly learning how to love and connect people to Christ's life. We want people to connect to the message of Christ. We want people to connect to the mission of Christ. Uh, Outside tonight, we had a woman's get together about 225 women out there, give or take, and that's great. What, what is that? That's connecting to the church, yes, but connecting to the life of Christ in the church, building relationships in the church, catching a mission in the church, walking by faith in the church so that the world uh, is some, there's a, there's a clarity and a fervent walk with Christ, okay? Uh, so, so important. So Matthew 18.12, what do you think if a man is a hundred sheep and one goes away, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains seeking after that one that is straying? In the world, guess what? They don't do this. They let him go. They say, I got ninety-nine, I don't need that one. Okay? Not in the economy of God. We go after that one. Right? We go after that one. So this is the principle of inreach. Again, people come into the church. They are exposed to a service. And by the way, when you invite someone into a church, they are are being ministered to on so many levels, so many levels. That's why I always like to um, not only sit with them when they come, but quickly reconnect with them to uh, have their experience go more than just an emotional exposure, but something deep. Questions are stirred up. Um, people are met, uh, and we want them to feed that desire and make it into a lifestyle. So I love this. We see here that uh, if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over than the sheep over the 99 that, that are not going astray. So in one sense, we're seeing like the one that goes astray, he goes after them. There's so much more joy when they find them even more joy than the 99 that are faithfully uh, there. Now, this this is a healthy balance and an important point, is we can't ignore the faithful in our churches. This is why having an understanding of who's in your church and to consistently reach out to them, if that means by phone call, by visitation, which we're going to talk about in the next class, Uh, sitting with them, sending them cards, uh, having a consistent action or initiation of love. It's important because faithful people go through difficult times too, right? Mm -hmm. Right? And sometimes we can be chasing the addicted or the broken or the person that is clamoring for attention. But what about the person that's in the back row or the middle row or, or, or row three? that looks, says, and does everything right, but inside they're dying, okay? Key element, I think, I think when you call someone by faith or God puts them on your heart, you talk to them and you can find out really soon that maybe this call saved their spiritual life, right? Encouragement, that's the glue of the church, okay? So, hospitality. Hospitality, okay? I'm going to give you five things here. Hospitality, visitation. We have a fun approach for visitation we'll talk about. Uh, integration, integration. I'm going to spell this stuff right tonight. Integration, body care. Now I have done many seminars on this, and I will say this, and this is not a judgment. This is this is the reality. Most churches have an excellent outreach. Excellent. I mean, like wow, inreach, mm-hmm. crickets, yes. crickets. So I am passionate about it. So and and I I will say this: if you have a strong inreach, by the way. People come to your church, one of the main reasons why they come to your church is not radio, it's not TV, it's not even tracks, even though those are so important. Guess what the major reason how traffic comes to your church, how? Word of mouth. Word of mouth. And that's, it's three out of four in our church. Okay, It doesn't mean we stop doing what we're doing. right? But if people have a good experience, if they're, if they're cared for, guess what? They're going to tell people. right? They're going to tell people. And then lastly is discipleship. Now, I'm not saying we have a babysitting service here, right? <laughs> uh, uh, but we are leading people in a mission. And, I mean, I don't know, Pastor Amir could say this. Our team, I would dare say, 100 hours a week, we're reaching out to people. It's not something we do casually. It's intentional. It's organic. It's, it's organic. But it's intentional, it's uh, prayerful, it's amazing, right? How many times we come into the office and, we're pr- and all of a sudden someone's, <clears throat> someone's on our mind. We call them up, and it's, it's like, wow, the timing of this was, was supernatural. And uh, maybe a card, maybe a card, maybe a visit. By the way, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, hospitality, <laughs> hospitality, inclusion. I want you to remember that word, to include somebody. Inclusion, okay? Inclusive, not exclusive. Inclusion, inclusive, excuse me, you can include people, gathering people, come be with me. There's no, there's no like secrets uh, click in our church. Everyone's welcome, okay? Hospitality, we are including them, we are accepting them, the whole their whole self and we said it last week it was meaningful contacts okay meaningful connections what what's what is a meaningful connection it is a perfect. personal perfect yes so hospitality we okay show them we show show them they have a place here we show them if someone comes for the first time. Everything is speaking to the new visitor. Our body language, and I don't mean to be um, make you oversensitive, but also being too casual sends the wrong message. But we want to show them, hey, you can belong. You belong here if God leads you here. Okay, and we love them into their place at Greater Grace. Okay, that's been our line for. Forever in a day, right? Well, if you want to be here, we're going to love you into your place. We always tell people, come seven times. Spend some time with us. Don't just bounce off of us. Spend some time with us. Because it's impossible to absorb this place one time. It's an, impossible to absorb this place ten times. Twenty-five times. You're going to be learning Christ and this place, um, you know, as many times as you come. Uh, Kia, how long have you been coming here? Four months. Are you still learning a little bit about what we're about? And, yeah, isn't that great? And she's sitting in Bible school. That's rare. That's awesome. Right? She is the poster child. No. It's awesome. Hospitality, hospitable. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. We we have a welcome center. Uh, I've been in churches where I've I've lapped the welcome center. No one talked to me. It's like hello. By the way, I, there's something in our, in our sheet here. Five things that turn guests away. We're going to look at that in a minute. Actually, let's look at it right now. Um, yeah. Let's look at that. It's a resource E. I don't know if you want to look at it online. Or I'll, I'll just... Uh, these are five myths for hospitality. Okay? So number one, guests are temporary, so don't bother to meet them. Don't bother me. Don't don't waste your time. Some will stick. Some will not stick. Okay? We want to be a sticky church. That doesn't mean I'm sending like 50 people to surround one person either. Right? No, but we're intentional. Hey, how you doing? Glad you're here. Okay? What's one thing we never say to somebody? Are you new here? Are you new here? We don't say that, right? I've learned that the hard way. We've been here for three years, Pastor Jason.
0: So
2: uh, you really love me, you know. No, how long have you been coming here? It's great you're here. Um, you know, treat them like they've been here for 10 years, okay? Number two, guests want to be left alone. No, they don't. They don't want to be left alone. So the way you approach them is like, be gentle. Okay, I'm not going to invite them to 16 different events. I, I, I want to invite them to maybe one or two, and maybe I'll join them, but I don't want to overload them. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of funny stories already. How that? Yeah, okay. Uh, number three, uh, I'm comfortable the way things are. So we don't want any new people in the church. Change is not really comfortable. Oof. Okay. I have enough friends. I don't need any more friends. Okay. It's not about us. Praise God. Isn't that good? This is all on the resource E and there's a lot to each one of these. And then, lastly, someone else will get to know them. I love that. you ever, ever gone to a store and you ask a question? You're like, oh, that's that's not my job. I love that statement. Mm-hmm. I just want to hug them. Squeeze all the life out of them. No. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's like the, the, a good worker is someone that is, um, may say this. Hey, I don't know the answer, but I will find it out. Or let me lead you to somebody that um, can find it out. Okay. So, so good. When a new person is, is in the church... Uh, your enthusiasm, your joy, your care. You're in the moment with them, right? We said that last week. A meaningful contact is you're in the moment with them. Hey, how are you liking your experience today? What would you think of the message? Hey, would you like a coffee? I'll buy you a coffee. I'll buy you lunch. Okay? Um, have you seen, uh, you know, have you seen, let's say there's, a, there's kids. Have you seen our Sunday school program? we got a great Sunday school program. OK, the kids are going to love it here. You know, you're just like you're speaking value. You're speaking value, 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 value. OK, and just and, you, and maybe the person's like uh, most of the time a new person is like, who are these people? Uh, way too happy here. Uh, it's like it's like kind of like oh, sensory overload. So you're just kind of relaxed, right? Smiling and and uh, you're Hey, hear about them Ravens? They, they beat, they beat, uh, did they win the other night by one point or something? Kind of, kind of break it up with them. Kind of break it up with them. Maybe they, maybe they have like a bunch of kids and talk to them about their kids. You know, typically you're breaking the ice. All right. So you want to show them that they have a place. Okay. Okay. Show them they have a place. Number two, visitation. Okay. Visitation. Now I used to love visitation when I was single. I lived overseas, and when I did visitation in the Ukraine, uh, the people would feed you. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, "This is my ministry right here. This is, I mean, I'd show up at the door and I'd be like, "Hi, I'm from the church. Can we talk?" And yeah, come on in, they'd make food. And it was a two hour and a half visit, and it was great, you know? Uh, I'm not saying that's going to be the case here in America because that doesn't work like that. Um, yeah, exactly. So, in in so we do something countercultural, and actually, I recommend countercultural moves, even offensive moves. What do you mean? And I'm going to explain it exactly. I'm glad you were like ooh. So, typically in the Western culture, people like to call. Say, hey, I'm on my way, just want to visit you, thinking about you today. God bless you. So we don't do that. We don't do that. Because that would be way too easy. No. Uh, so we want to respect people, we want to love people, we want to be, honor people's privacy. So typically when people fill out cards, okay, we email them, we call them, and yes, within 24 hours or 48 hours, we visit them. Now, how do we do that? We show up at their door, and it's a brief visit. We don't even go in the house, typically. Knock on the door, say, hello, my name is Jason from Greater Grace. Just wanted to thank you for coming to the service. I have a gift for you. This is my gift. This is my gift. Right? Wow. And I'm on their doorstep. The person's in shock. They're like, okay, who are you? And it's like, it's hey, I just want to say thank you for coming. I know you have a lot of choices out there. But how did you enjoy your visit? What spoke to you in your visit? And I can't tell you hundreds of visits that we've done that have been less than five minutes or ten minutes that have spoken volumes to people. And I can show you on one hand, actually half a hand, how many people complained out of hundreds of visits. So visitation... There's a time to call and there's a time to go. And most of the time, it's a time to go. And maybe we leave a packet at the door. We leave a note if they're not home. And we do one visit. We, and if there's a FaceTime, it's great. We want to invite you to the next event. We have Grow Deeper. We have, a, we have a, a special small group for all our new people. Come learn about us. Come ask those tough questions. Come meet leadership. Come open your Bible. Grow deeper with us. And it's, it's soup to nuts, 10 minutes. And we didn't, we didn't interrupt their time too much. And we kind of reminded them of their previous visit. And i tell you, it works. It works, it works, it works. Okay? Now, sometimes they'll be like, oh, come on in. It's like they treat you like the long-lost uncle and you're there for an hour. Okay? That's great. That's rare. Especially with people's schedules. But the call... An email, we generate an email, a thank you email, and a visit typically between the first and second visit, because that's the most in time. That's the most important. That first to second time, this, if they come again, the ratio of them continuing seven times is very, very high, very high, like over 60%. But right here, we're sending them a card, an email, or a visit and say, hey, you want to grab lunch? Uh, Food is a great option, by the way, food. Um, That's why our cafe, hey, it's disarming, um, and it also is an awesome way to really hear their story. So visitation, we go to where they are, and then we love them, love them into their place. We show them in hospitality, and then we go, and we love them into their place. We see where they live. We see maybe their extended family. We see uh, whatever. We see, we hear, we learn, and all of a sudden we have something to talk about the next time we meet. Or a prayer request. Hey, how's your your mom doing? We've been praying for her this week. You asked me to pray. How is she doing? I cannot tell you, you know this, you remembering their communication speaks volumes, yes. speaks volumes to them. Okay. So visitation, uh, hospital visitation, hospice visitation, men's discipleship. And by the way, promptness is very important. If you let someone that comes to your church and you don't talk to them for seven days, the likelihood of them coming back is super, super low, but in, in supernatural cases, they may come back. But we want to be in touch. Because guess what? The devil is talking them out of coming back. <laughs> I mean, you walk in and the devil's like already telling them to turn around, right? All right. Thirdly, integration. They're learning their place. Learning. So integration. Integration means we're inviting them to a Grow Deeper, to a small group, to a community group. Maybe, maybe it's like, hey, what's your passion? Um, maybe someone's interested in music. Hey, why don't you come be part of our band or learn how to be part of our band? Volunteerism, great. We're going to have to spend a class on that. How to keep volunteers. How do you keep volunteers, by the way? How do you find volunteers, by the way?
0: Make them inv- invitations.
2: Invitation, Good. But even before that, oh. past then, I heard three things. What was the What's the question? Okay. So how this is kind of like a sidebar. How is it that you can gain volunteers or team members? You know the. You know them first. Okay. If you know them, you know, you can lead the the position. Okay. Elhan said it. And we're going to spend a class on team building, but this is it. Relationship. Relationship. They will shovel garbage with you if they know you and like you. I'm not saying we're going to go shovel garbage, but my my principle is this is that relationship, relationship, relationship. Not just throwing them at a need. Like tonight we needed five guys to help us work with the ladies seminar. I we, you know, Pastor Ramirez and I called 25 guys, right? Four guys show up, okay? And I just said, hey, listen, could you help us? You know, tomorrow we bribed them with a free lunch, so we have more guys tomorrow. <laughs> I forgot to
0: mention
2: that. Oh, you did? That's probably good, because we, we only can give five meals, by the way, tomorrow. We got like 10 guys, so you're going to McDonald's tomorrow. will be like, no, I'm just kidding. Relationship, relationship. Okay, integration. So, We want them to learn their place. We want them to learn their gifts. We want them to learn that the church is a normal place and the world is an abnormal place and not vice versa. Okay? It's amazing. We want to, and I always say this with with, hospitality is a great place for someone to learn their gifts because maybe you don't know your gifts, so you're learning the body. You're learning uh, and enjoying other friendships and rela- I think Kia, when you hear the first time, I think I introduced you to like 15 people. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. I do the same thing with my wife. It's like she's been here for like 40 years. Like, you no, know. because it's like we don't we don't know where the connections are, but in connections in integration, when you're knit together in love, that's when people stick. All right, body care, and this is not cosmetics or health getting healthy okay so we are again uh, I'm sorry so we show them they have a place let me clarify that hospitality hospitality is saying you belong here you have a place body care is we're showing them their place again we're showing them their place okay so In visitation, you use nine different gifts, nine. Use the gift of faith, giving, um, gift of mercy, gift of administration, gift of uh, evangelism, and so on and so forth. So when you're ministering in body care, which is serving the body, Mm -hmm. okay, serving the body, then you're showing them their place. So let me ask you this question. How many people know everyone's name in this room? Raise your hand if you know everyone's name in this room. Okay, raise your hand if you know five names in this room. Half the room. Okay. So, body care is I am intentionally getting to know the people in my my sphere, right? One concept that we have in our church is called adopt a family. Adopt a family. Adopt a family means that a seasoned family sits with a new family in an organic way, you know, not just out of this mechanical, like, I am your, you're my project. I'm not talking about that. (laughs) I was told I have to sit with you. That's going to go really good. No, you're sitting with them. You're engaging them. You're learning them and learning compatibility. And you're discovering who they are and you're spending time with them. And maybe that's for three months, two months, two or three months. You're having lunch with them in the cafe. Maybe you're doing outreach together. Maybe you're sitting together in to a wrap or an event. Adopt a family. I highly recommend that in, in churches to get to know other people because naturally we want to stay to ourselves. We want to kind of seclude. We want to just talk to people we like. And this is one of the major complaints in a church: is cliques. And I don't. I, I get it. I get it. It's uncomfortable to. Uh, To get to know people. It's scary. Statistics show that a friendly church, by the way, is not how friendly you're received on the way in. But what happens to you after the service is done? Do people talk to you? Do people engage you? Is there some sort of like interaction? Because we have to be kind to you because you're coming in. But when you're leaving, that's when it's really real isn't it that's why our welcome center is not only an informational place because again number one a lot of people don't know what's going on in our church you can announce it every day for a hundred days and it's amazing how people still don't know what's going on in your church that's why you have layers of connections right we have screens announcements emails um one on one. Hey, did you know? Right. That's why we're doing video announcements now. Aren't those pretty cool? Yeah. Those are great. Right. Skits. Right. Um, raffles or whatever we do. Um, I don't know if we do raffles. I don't know if that's a good one. I knew a church that was giving out twenty five dollar gas cards for every new person. It's not a bad idea. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know if that's a good thing to say. (laughs) I came from marketing. I was a marketing manager uh, before I was overseas. And yeah, I got these marketing ideas. The church is not not a business, right? We want to be creative. So, ooh. All right. Body care. Learning each other. Learning each other. Learn each other. And you're going to be amazed because the devil might say, oh, you're the only one that thinks like this. You're the only one that's like this. Guess what? We're all... We're all the same in a lot of ways. The, the, the fact of the matter is some of us are walking with Christ, some are walking ahead of Christ, and some have ditched Christ, if we could say. Right. So we want, we want to bring it together. We want to bring it together, okay? Body care. So we have what's called community groups in our church, and Pastor Amir works with our community groups. We have... Well, we did have 13. I think we have eight now, right? Yeah. And what they do is they, uh, they, they get a list of people that live in the 21206 area code, right? And they build a team of faithful um, body members that are in the church that are seasoned, and they call, visit, and they do an event in their community. And it's a way to, to be known in the church. Remember, Satan's plan is to make an impersonal church. So we want people to be known. Okay? We're going to spend some time there, okay? Uh, in another class. And then discipleship. In discipleship, that's the fifth one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Discipleship is we lead from our place. Lead from our place. Huh? Uh, personal testimony. I, I went overseas when I was uh, 23, um, and I can honestly tell you that they they took a huge risk. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, honestly. And you know, sometimes you you know you look at people and you say, "Oh, you know, they were, they were just born that way." You know, Pastor Shuller was just born that way. No, no. Leaders are made. You are being made. You are being uh, built step by step, brick by brick. And I remember being overseas, and I'm like, Lord, I'm the wrong guy for this. Okay, I'm in the, I'm way over my head. And this is where God really ministered to me and showed me uh, Him and Him alone. And then over the years, by faith, uh, we started to learn things. And I learned things typically the hard way, right? And um, so I just want to encourage you that leading from your place once you once god has shown you something once god has showed you your some of your gifts right it's it's not pride it's not proud to say you know i'm not walking around saying i'm a gifted guy no it you know you recognize where your strengths are and you know where your weaknesses are and you stay in the lane you stay in your lane you know i know my gift is um I mean, I love to sing, but I don't think my gift is in singing, right? <laughs> Make a joyful noise to the Lord, right? So I'm not, not up there leading worship, right? But I, you know, what makes me come alive? And I want, I want to provoke you with that question tonight to think about in your personal meditation. What makes you come alive? What's something that you love to do that's effortless, that you sense, you sense God in it? God is all over you. And you know it's way beyond you. And when you're in that, I mean, you want to cultivate that, and you want to lead from that place. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to, so, like, let's see, you have a gift of helps. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to lead from that place, right? People don't follow. Uh, people respect people. They earn respect by watching your life, right? By watching your life, okay. So, what are the what are the five things hospitality does? What show, show. show they have a place. a place, right? Oh, I don't belong in that place. They're all too spiritual. They're all they're all too no 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 whatsoever whosoever whenever is available, right? In in our, in our church. By the way, if someone doesn't fit, nobody fits. Isn't that good? Yes. I remember in, in Frederick. Uh, Somebody was talking about our, our meeting, and they were like, yeah, I think homeless people go to that church. Street people. They call them street people. I was like, that's beautiful. And yes, they do. We want all kinds, right? Visitation. What does visitation do?
0: Um,
2: love. You know, Pastor Ramirez and I were in a house that probably, probably that house should have been condemned, the house we were in recently, right? Sitting there in the living room. I mean, honestly, I was looking around going, okay, I'm just going to look at the person, right? (laughs) (laughs) Got to love them into their place and love them out of that place, hopefully. (laughs) Integration. (laughs) Integration. What's integration do? Learning. Learning Learning. Learning their place, right? Learning. Hey, as we get more involved, the more sense of confidence, the more sense of, hey, you know what? Um, I'm first a body member, and then I'm a... I'm a a helper of people's joy. Amen? That's what we want to do. I love that. And there's a beautiful verse. I think it's Psalm 115, Mm 1. It says, unto you, O Lord, get all the glory. I think it said that three times. Unto you, Lord. A lot of things can happen when nobody cares who gets the glory. Amazing. Like, let's just set off the the ego, and just say, God, you get all the glory, and then we're building people up and helping them. By the way, a spirit-filled leader wants the people around them to grow beyond them, right? Mm -hmm. We want them to grow. Not push them down, not manipulate them, not shame them, but grow. And that we're going to spend a class. I want to spend some time on team building. By the way, let me ask that question again. How do we build team members? Knowing them. Knowing them, having a relationship with them, right? Yeah, we don't want to be driving people or pushing people at needs, right? We want to just, um, we want to lead them. We want to be there with them, right? Get your hands dirty. The shepherd smells like the sheep. Good. That can be an interesting thing right there. Okay. Body care. What's body care?
0: Show them their
2: place. (laughs) You stink! That's good! (laughs) Okay, sorry. Body care. (laughs) Getting carried away here. I'm starting. my mind is moving. Okay. Body care is what? Show
0: them their place.
2: Show others their place. Okay, show others their place. So, let's say you're making a phone call, you're visiting them, and now you've learned your place a little bit, now you're helping them learn their place. Like... What do I do next? Well, co- this is why a new believers class or a new person's orientation is so important. Just come sit, have a coffee, learn about what we're about. Ask the questions and, uh, you know, be involved. Saturdays, we have a great time uh, where we evangelize in 30 different parts of the city. Just go with them and, and uh, something will click through the spirit. All right. Discipleship. We are... Leading them. Good. Oh, my goodness. I only got to one paragraph of my notes, and it's already done. All right. Any questions? Any questions so far? Really? No questions? Clear as mud. Thank you for that. All right. So. (laughs) Say again.
0: Visitation mm-hmm. can be different in.
2: Absolutely. In other places, in
0: other countries. Absolutely. According to culture. It can be. Yeah, that's important.
2: Yeah, but I have honestly, I have honestly seen this that most things work the best when they're countercultural. Uh, and I'm all about, I'm all about honoring culture, but the problem with with culture is. Um, you're at arm's length, or you are, you are controllable. Yeah. I remember. Okay, this is interesting. I'll close with this. Uh, we used to work with Korean teenagers for several years, and if you know anything about Korean teenagers or Koreans, actually, they're not touch they're not touchy kind of people, right? So when we moved back to the states, God gave gave my wife and I a job as a youth pastor in a Korean church. I have no idea why he did that because it was like a Slavic culture to Asian culture, which Slavics or Slovenians are typically very outgoing, where Asians are typic, can be very introverted and quiet and kind of to themselves. Uh, I know now why, because we have since then been all over Asia, and this was a breaking ground for us to learn the culture, but... I'll never forget it. My wife, my, w- <laughs> so this is a funny story and, and just indulge me for two minutes. So we would always try to h- hug the pastor and his wife and they had this, they had this move. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I could not get like four feet from them, right? And I, I tried like a jujitsu move. <laughs> So, it's funny because I could not, and I'm a hugger, I'm a hugger, okay? Um, So, my wife, oh, and the most important person in this particular church and most Korean churches, and I can be corrected, but in my observation, the pastor's wife is the most influential woman in the church. The pastor's the most powerful But the first lady, they call her, is typically the most influential. So in this particular church, and I love them to pieces, and so I say this respectfully, she bought a red bag, and guess what? The next week, every woman in that church had a red bag. I was like, all right. So they're a close community, close-knit, da-da-da. Wonderful people. I love the Koreans, actually. Sure. So I'll never forget, one day my wife's like, after like three months of the arm bar, my wife's like, I'm done with that. So I don't know how my wife did it, but she somehow moved (laughs) to this. And she (laughs) brought the first lady close. I mean, in. Big hug. And you could hear the church gasp. The church gasped. And I gasped. I'm like, okay, I just lost my job here. Or um, and the lady was like this. And my wife was, you know, she just had it from God just to hold on to her for a little bit. Yeah. So the lady relaxed. And I thought, you know, I was hyperventilating over here. because I, I know that culture is like, this was not a good move. It can, count, it can counter, be counterproductive. So... The next day, uh, the next week, I should say, my wife came back to the church and I was expecting fallout. And the first lady was there and she was just standing there.
0: And uh, yeah, exactly.
2: She said, where's my hug? And I think my wife had more impact in that church than I did. And she, okay, and no joke, the church culture changed to hugging, to t- and so people lined up for their hugs. Now I'm not saying to line up. me. Like, I'm not saying they were doing that, but it was like this amazing something broke in the atmosphere. Yes. So I am for, within reason and without offending the daylights out of people, is go counter, go counter cultural because we would have never reached the Koreans, and we were there for three years, and God moved in that. In that place, but uh, going countercultural, and you can be creative. You can be respectful, and I, I often played the the you know the ignorant American, like, oh, I didn't realize, you know, but I know exactly, and, it, it, and, it, and I don't know how to say this, but God will lead you, and it'll be special, you know. Okay, so we have a quiz for you. We gave that to you because we love you. It's very easy. Okay. Maybe look at the resources that I put on the website because we're going to talk about them next week. Uh, five Attitudes well, uh, that turn away guests, okay? okay, based on hospitality. And then also the mission statements, the big picture. And these will show like ushers, welcoming center, mother's room, inReach. These are some things to uh, help you understand why we do what we do. And then lastly... Oh yes, Daniel. Uh, I took a look at the website today.
0: It yeah. I was a little confused about how the structure. Went. I don't know if, if I missed you guys I'm explaining how it was like, like how it was structured. But yeah. I didn't really figure it out.
2: Yeah. So the way that is, it, it just puts the most recent at the top. So you just yeah. scroll down to the bottom. And then you hit, more, you
0: hit more read. Yes.
2: And then it goes yeah. by days. Yes. It goes by a day. so